Once upon a time, a bunch of friends embarked on a tiny gargantuan project. Oxymoronish, isn't it? A vocational avocation, if you will, to start a digital agency of their own. A bit of business, a bit of fun and large amounts of crazy. And it snowballed into one of India's biggest digital outfits with a quirky name, Foxymoron. Hello and welcome to the Master's Voice on MediaBrief.com. I am your host and friend Pavan R. Chavla and of course, no guesses. Today, I have with me two co-founders and custodians of the wonderful Foxymoron digital marketing agency that grew out of... Well, for that, let me invite two wonderful, visionary young digital entrepreneurs, Suveer Bajaj and Pratik Gupta of Foxymoron, to our latest episode. Suveer, welcome to the Master's Voice. Thank you so much for having us, Pavan. This is Suveer from Foxymoron. Very, very glad to be here with you today. Thank you, Suveer. Welcome. Pratik, you want to say hi to the listeners? Hi. Hi, Pavan. So, so glad to be doing this. Uh, we're really excited. And uh, hi to everybody who is tuning in. Thank you so much, uh, Suveer Pratik. So let me quickly tell you about Suveer Bajaj, co-founder of Foxymoron. As a co-founder of Foxymoron, Suveer's responsibilities include spearheading the high growth and investment verticals of the organization, such as the media practice, data analytics, and long-form content production. Suveer has been actively building the organization through strategic alliances and corporate development initiatives. A management graduate from Mumbai University, Suveer also possesses a degree in law and spends his free time either underwater or way above skiing the mountains. It's under his leadership that Foxymoron has consistently been one of the top-ranked agencies in the country and has also won the Social Media Agency of the Year 2019 award by AgencyCon Indian Agency Awards and Summit and the most awarded agency at the SAMI 2018, among others. So that's Subir Bajaj for you. And uh, next up, Another co-founder, Pratik Gupta of Foxymoron. Pratik started Foxymoron at the age of 19 along with Suveer and his other partners. And today it's just the two of them who've been shepherding Foxymoron for a very long time. Foxymoron stands as one of the leading independent digital products and services agency. Pratik's current role at Foxymoron includes looking after new business acquisition and effective servicing across the various verticals at Foxymoron. He also works on strategic initiatives at the board level on investment areas that result in the growth of the business via alliances or building standalone verticals. And before Foxymoron, he worked at Balaji Telephones Private Limited as a business development executive, creating new concepts of potential business opportunities. It's under his leadership that Foxymoron has consistently been one of the top-ranked agencies in the country and has also won the Social Media Agency of the Year 2019 award by Agency India Agency Awards and Summit and Most Awarded Agency at the SAMI 2018, amongst many others. Pratik has also been an integral speaker at noted institutes like London School of Economics, Students' Union, India Forum 2016, IIDE and Velinka Institute of Management. And Foxymoron, as we know, is a leading independent digital products and services agency founded in 2008, building future-ready brands on digital through an integration of content, technology and media using data-backed tools and practices. With teams across Bangalore, Bombay, Delhi, NCR and Dubai, the highly awarded agency has built several sustainable partnerships with L'Oreal Group, Netflix, Colgate, Amazon India, Burger King, IKEA, DS Group, Sandisk, Ather, OBL Tiles, Blackberry's Menswear, Hershey's Group, Manyavar, ABC India, Turner International and Demac. So that was a brief introduction of Sudhir Bajaj and Pratik Gupta, founders of the wonderful agency Foxymoron. My listeners will be wondering why such young professionals on the master's voice? I mean, with due respect to you, I have featured uh, the wonderful legendary Pandit Jasrajji also on this. Uh, there's been, I'm sure your and our dear friend uh, Anand Bhatkamkar, CEO of Tenchuages Network. So why two young entrepreneurs? Why? Because these two young entrepreneurs, I must tell my listeners, and I'm sure they are aware and are probably inspired by Foxy Moran's history, that these two youngsters have done phenomenal work. They were an original group of four who set up Foxy Moran. But for the largest part of its wonderful existence, they've been uh, chaperoning, shepherding, driving a Foxy Moran to amazing heights. And, you know, the kind of achievement that they have really registered for themselves with Foxy Moran 
is something that many many have probably not been able to so very happy and proud to include you in the master's voice sulit pratik there were four of you about to go on a holiday wasn't it way back in what was it early 2000s to goa with some 64000 rupees as the holiday kitty right but instead you decided that 64000 was a big amount let's not waste it but use it as seed capital how did that roll out how was foxymoron born the company and the name i love the name walk me through the early days from four partners to employees <laughs> and growth <laughs> uh, so you want to take that Sure, absolutely, Pavan. Thanks for the question. Uh, it was actually late 2000s. It wasn't early 2000s. It was the summer of 2008, and uh, we had just actually finished the second year of college. We were all still in grad in undergrad school at the time, and we'd done a bunch of internships prior to building up to this summer. And I remember Pratik had just turned 20 that February. I had turned uh, I was 19 that March, and you know we were twiddling our thumbs, wondering what to do in the summer, and done a bunch of internships. Pratik was at Balaji the year before. for that i was at express the year before that and a bunch of places before that and well the internship experience uh, for lack of a better word wasn't very fruitful it it didn't teach us too much um and of course you know as young kids 19 and 20 we did want to spend uh, some time uh, over the holidays just having fun and that's where you know the goa angle kind of comes from um and of course we had to do an internship because we were part of the bms program that requires you to do a compulsory internship and you know one day we were this was back in the day of uh, you know lime wire and you know all the the days we used to exchange media via pen drives music and movies and i remember one day we were sitting at my house and a bunch of us but you know just got pen drives to exchange music and movies because there was no data and streaming and the way it is now and we were just discussing you know what are we really doing for the summer from an internship perspective and i remember i was planning to help a friend's dad who had just started a not for profit library with some branding and advertising work uh, prateek was helping a friend of his friend back then uh, started dance school uh, now of course his wife <laughs> uh, who is trying to, you know start a dance school uh, another friend of ours was working on a website uh, that involved a little bit of corporate interface and you know we said hey uh, you know i could do with some help on you know the the library branding front with the website and you know Pratik said, "Hey, I could do with some help, you know, strategically, blah blah blah." And we were just sitting and brainstorming, and we said, "Okay, fine, whatever money we get at the end of the summer, we'll split it, and uh, you know, just do this as a team." And then one thing led to another, and uh, you know, somewhere the Cindy genes kind of kick in, and we said, "If we're doing this together, then why not register this as a partnership firm?" And the partnership firm kind of became an advertising agency. And I remember it was the 22nd or the 23rd, the 23rd of March, 2008, when uh, we were sitting. Uh, I remember I was sitting at home. It was about 10:15 in the night, post dinner, and just you know flipping channels on the tv and pratik called in the night and he's like i've got the name you know the name is foxy moron and wow. it just clicked and i was like where did this come from and of course that's a story by itself and i'll let pratik tell that story <laughs> and suddenly from becoming the kids who were looking for internships that summer we became the kids who were actually handing out internships that summer because we had three or four live projects at the head of the summer getting in in march mm. paying projects that were getting mm. in you know uh, at the head of the summer in march and mm. we needed hands on deck to execute these so mm. instead of now looking for internships we gave out internships to six of our friends and colleagues who were also in college with us at the time okay. and all of a sudden we had a work strength of eight people being 19 years of age not knowing what we're doing uh, as far as running a business running an agency creative whatever not knowing what we're doing at all mm. the name by itself is a completely different story but that's pratik specialty so i won't take away from him since he came up with the name i'll tag pratik in to give you that story yeah pratik thanks so much go ahead pratik it was nothing right it was like how you normally brainstorm for a name i was writing a few words uh, mm. in and around there and and then like so we said my then girlfriend uh, now wife you know she said why don't you think of oxymorons right and i was like cool so i put down the word oxymoron on my piece of paper and there was just an f somewhere like i i can't even express how how this chance to be and like i just read oxymoron as one word and it was almost like a eureka moment i was like dude that makes so much sense it's an oxymoron on its own it's fun it's quirky and uh, i think it was just that you knew that you had it and with a name it's like that right like mm. when you get it you know you have it and people are very intrigued by the name the name gave us a very good head start because everybody was very intrigued a what are these you know young 19 year old kids doing Hmm. with an advertising agency and you know what are they starting and like hmm. so we said there was a lot of keen interest from people we were studying with right they were like they were facing similar experiences 
like we had faced in the past and they were very keen to you know help us on this journey which was great because it is almost like college didn't get over that summer mm. you know like we got a few live projects and that's it it was a lot of fun mm. great great days on the master's voice on mediabeef.com i'm your host friend pavanath chawla we'll take a little break and we'll be back very very quickly don't go anywhere And we are back on the Master's Voice on BTP.com, our podcast series. I am your host and friend Pavan R. Chawla. Today, I have with me Suveer Bajaj and Pratik Gupta of Foxy Maroon. So, you want to give me the important milestones in terms of you know you all started in I think March twenty twenty or twenty zero eight, and then from there you know when did you get your first big client? But then. I believe there was one big setback for you youngsters one of your Australian esteems in the early days with some t-shirts order I'm saying your entire story is one of fire in the gut I think and and belief and persistence just give me the very quickly you know uh, a back of the sure. chronology of the whole thing starting with that unfortunate setback that I think made you stronger one of the first uh, businesses that we ever got on board was to print t-shirts right uh, it was for a campaign that was being run for somebody uh, you know uh, so we printed all of those t-shirts uh, it was a considerable sum of money because we had started with a capital of 64000 and like you know like uh, i think they didn't have the money to pay us we had the t-shirts lying with us and so i think while persistence has been very synonymous with our journey i think the advantage or the reason that we've been able to be this persistent is also because of the kind of partnership that we've had over so many years because okay. it's very easy to look back and say hey we've been so consistent for so long but mm. there have been times where you know like you just feel gutted uh, you don't know what to do uh, i mean retrospectively 116000 rupees looks like you know not a problem at all but if you think about it we eroded almost two times our capital at that point in time mm-hmm. and the the advantage was that we were you know we were a couple of us who just wanted to pick each other up right like and say it's mm-hmm. okay right it doesn't matter you know if if that's the case then we'll figure out how to do um, how to do the rest so that was the that was the first ever big project that we took up mm-hmm. um, i think the first big client that we ever won that 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 put us on the track and also gave us belief that we can do this right like because like so we said none of us came from an advertising background mm-hmm. so the industry was new right it's not like any one of us worked in the advertising background before this i remember uh, you know us trying to figure out what a retainer means hmm. right forget trying to structure a retainer we didn't even hmm. know what a retainer meant okay. um, and the first big client that we got i think was pvr pictures okay. and yeah, you know that's right and it was on a freelance website that the marketing head back then called ranjan singh you know like he picked us up from a freelance website and and i promise you pavan when i'm saying this i don't even remember feeding in our information on this freelance website okay. but we were there and we received a call saying why don't you guys come and meet us and mm. and mm. genuinely if you if you ask me back then did we know what we were giving as services no we didn't know you know we went with one of my partners uh, you know sister's portfolio saying that yes you know this is the kind of work that we can do and i remember he briefed us on you know on making a couple of posters for his uh, upcoming films and in all confidence we said yes 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 and we walked out of that meeting and we were like boss kaun sa software use hota hai ye posters banane ke liye and uh, the good part about this entire thing was that you know like we spent the next uh, two weeks putting our head down not only understanding the software but finding the talent you know mm. trying to conceptualize what to do so yes it greatly helped us that we were able to convert the client with you know however we were able to present ourselves and it was great in that sort of an aspect but mm. what really worked for us is that once we got the project in and this is testimony to like all of us as a group right mm. we gave it 300% to ensure that we did what was absolutely right for the client thanks to that i think we had pvr for almost 5 years and i mean yeah that's the first big client that we had super wonderful wonderful uh, let me bring suveer in pratik suveer tell me about the crunched up chronology just the major milestones on your way to growth i think by the time you all reached uh, 2013 which was probably what only 5 years after you started you all were already at what 25 crores or something 
in terms of that's right so that's uh, just right. tell me about the whole thing and also tell me how much you sold <laughs> sure so a major milestones for us 2009 bagda first few corporate clients there was pvr very quickly there was uh, the cadbury group which was via madison there was the l'oreal group which was our first uh, you know uh, independent large independent advertiser 10 11 12 you know there was a lot of running around the countryside a lot of educating clients about digital you know and a lot of personal networks my elder sister's friend my you know friend sister sister's friend that kind of network mm-hmm. um 13 was a milestone Year for us, we set up an office in Gurgaon. That was our first office outside of Bombay in 2010. We had moved out of the small office that we had started out in uh, in Fort into our first uh, large office in Lopraya in Sunmil Compound. 13, mm. we got our first office outside of Bombay. So that was a significantly large milestone for us in Gurgaon. I remember we were servicing Bacardi. Oh. Bacardi's headquarters was up there, and you know we weren't able to manage this relationship remotely. In 2012, we realized that we should put the flag in uh, in the north. So 13 was a big milestone for us setting up the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, 14 actually. we had two milestones for us of course you know since you asked 12 onwards the mna buzz kind of started with the digital agencies in india and you know uh, six big transactions went down between 12 and 14 hmm. and 14 is when we kind of got uh, close to a uh, advertising holding company called WPP and in conversation with them the end of 14 also saw another milestone for us we had a partner leva uh, organization uh, you know for uh, his personal reasons etc so two milestones really in 14 through 15 and 16 there was a lot of pulling our socks up getting our product ready right we repositioned the the brand uh, we rebranded ourselves in 2015 mm. uh, with foxymon having a new avatar and you know new brand to market and spruced up our service offerings in 2016 we had another milestone with another partner libas because he had a death in the family etc but 2016 was also exciting for us because we set up a third office in bangalore and that was a very very big milestone for us because we did wonderfully well in bangalore over the last few years and secured some significantly large businesses i remember we used to manage the sab miller business over there very quickly gained traction man- and won the business on ether energy which is india's leading two wheeler electric motorcycle and then very quickly secured the business on ikea and now amazon and got some major success in bangalore with the office over there over 17 and 18 uh, you know there was a lot of uh, how should i say reinvention of the foxymon business what we did is we spun off a uh, agency owned production house called rabbit hole which did wonderfully well for itself and we now have a full fledged production house that we built up over 2017 and 18 in 18 we spun off a creative technology company called phosphine which is headquartered in bangalore that does cool stuff in the space of ar vr ml ai image recognition voice that kind of stuff in wow. 19 we set up a consultancy company that works with startups on an incubation acceleration model in 20 when the process of setting up a media company called mammoth media which is going to take us uh, you know in a completely different direction in terms of media ownership and over the course of the last 3 years also spent a lot of time or i should say two years spent a lot of time in terms of the reorganization of the business lots of business wins are let of course pratik talk about the milestone business wins for us over the course of the last 13 years but mm. from a you know from an infrastructure standpoint from a corporate standpoint from an organizational standpoint i think this is the concise summary of the run up that we've had over the last 12 odd years uh, of course a couple of months last month actually 10th of may is our work anniversary our work birthday we celebrated 12 years and now officially gone into the teen years so that's i think the biggest milestone for us <laughs> Going into the teen years, <laughs> wonderful and for a, for a company that was started by teenagers. Amazing. Yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. You were saying something. I interrupted you. So we're sorry. Saying just ready to put on our big boy pants now as we enter the teenagers <laughs> and really own. Uh, you know, now we're not the new kids on the block. We haven't been for a while, but now we're not kids on the block as well. We're all in our thirties, both in our thirties, and really enjoying the new avatar that we've individually taken as well as the organizations taking uh, with the new shape of Foxy and with Zoo and the host of companies that we've been mm. working with. Wonderful. On the Master's Voice on MediaBeef.com, I'm your host and friend Pavanar Chawla. We'll take a little break and we'll be back very, very quickly. Don't go anywhere. And we are back on the Master's Voice on MediaBeef.com, our podcast series. I am your host and friend Pavanar Chawla. Today I have with me Suveer Bajaj and Pratik Gupta of Foxymoron. So Pratik, uh, some of your uh, memorable campaigns. I mean, I I can instantly recall Ariel share the load, Maybelline New York's The Kiss Song, HBO's Suicide Squad on WhatsApp. 
what was that about and any other interesting campaigns that you want to talk about both you know suvir you can pitch into supradeep take it away there's been some phenomenal work we've done over the last 12 years right i think we've as an agency been trying to be at the intersection of uh, you know creative media data and tech and we've you know done a lot of these campaigns where we've been able to achieve all of these milestones that we've actually set out for ourselves to give you context of you know of one of the campaigns that you mentioned which was uh, you know HBO suicide squad i think you know the brief for the campaign was very simple right there is no more appointment viewing on television right like there is no more prime time people are moving into an ecosystem where they are watching content when they want where they want and how they want it right with coming off of ott platforms i think that competition has taken away this concept of appointment viewing and to ensure that a people knew when suicide squad was launching we went into the audience that really was a die hard fan of the entire movie and mm. we created for the first time a whatsapp integrated bot ecosystem i think when we did this campaign there was no way of even having proper business accounts because whatsapp had not rolled out business accounts formally and we were using some automated softwares along with a lot of manual intervention we did a 8 day or a 9 day i think over a, almost about a one and a half two week campaign for getting a lot of people onto this uh, to see the premiere of the film on mm. hbo and we were able to gather over 20000 voice notes because people were interacting with us with the kind of content that we were creating people were sending us up sketches of themselves on top of their own images they were using the the picture mode to create suicide squad versions of themselves they were have like we were sending gifs and memes and you know we were having a conversation like we were a part of the cast with these people and a lot of people seemed to really 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 enjoy it. so a lot of work around newer technology newer conversation pieces and this was based on an upcoming platform i mean back in the day when when this campaign happened in mm-hmm. 2018 which everybody was talking about mm-hmm. but nobody had kind of conquered right so for the industry to see that this is the benchmark of what you can do in terms of you know reaching out to a community on whatsapp this mm-hmm. was a great campaign that we did with hbo okay and i think then perhaps it was probably the first time that somebody could even measure engagement on dark social is that correct uh, we manually measured it honestly there's no tool to verify it or there's of no course. tool to you of know to, to measure it even correct. even today but mm. but yes we did we did measure it and you know like obviously we can't tell you the number of people who shared it inside whatsapp once the message was sent to them and mm. there is no mm. way to measure that sure, sure. but uh, in terms of interaction and interactivity yes we did manually measure a lot of its impact and and the numbers were phenomenal right like to get 20000 voice notes you know back in 2018 i think when we did this campaign was a revelation to us as well so you know wonderful. yeah absolutely wonderful so we any other campaigns that come to mind Yeah, I think more recently, you know, we've been looking at some uh, certain industries that we haven't looked at before. We've always known to be the creative guys on the block. You know, done a lot of good work for uh, FMCG, consumer durables. I think the last few years has been very, uh, you know, uh, the learning curve has been superb. We've really learned new categories like BFSI, for instance, which is a category that we're not historically known to have owned. But last three or four years, I think we've really killed it uh, in the category. And you know, uh, one of the accounts that's uh, particularly close to both Pratik and me is a campaign that we did for a consortium called. called Aditya Birla Capital you know as they organized all their BFSI companies into one large umbrella brand called Aditya Birla Capital and uh, took on the very mammoth task of demystifying the concept of money to the common man you know uh, and i think that was a very breakthrough campaign both for us as individuals for uh, you know us as an agency obviously for the advertiser birla group themselves uh, because the insight came from the fact that money is a very intimidating subject for the common man you know when you start talking about sips and mutual funds hmm. most people don't even know what you're talking about maybe you and i can have you know a 3 hour conversation on you know the market and on, on mutual funds but the common man gets very intimidated when you talk to uh, him about money and it's a very intimidating reading subject and they went down to demystify this entire subject for the common man and obviously this is a you know this is category creation really uh, in that regard uh, you know and kind of taking the onus to put you know financing options and uh, protecting options with the insurance products and the loan products
products all under one umbrella to kind of make this one stop destination and create a single brand of money for the consumer and i think this has been a really a uh, you know fruitful uh, experience for us as an agency and massive learning curve worked with some great people i think we're very very thankful that we've had some lovely people to work with on the client side who've really contributed to our growth as an agency as well as the learning curve of all the people in the ecosystem so i think we've been very thankful to learn new industries what was the basic say one sentence strategy on the aditya birla the one line for the campaign simplistically was one money right it was one umbrella brand one kyc one destination for the customer one relationship with money whether it's your investment needs your financing needs your protection okay. needs okay. it was one money effectively so one relationship for any customer any consumer of the aditya birla group in terms of their bfsi products and one window into money i think the main route then you probably took there was to explain to people about how it works perhaps and the importance of dealing with somebody really credible perhaps absolutely i, I think it starts off with really introspecting what your relationship with money is because everyone has a very different relationship with money depending on mm. where they are in their own personal mm. life cycle as well uh, and what their goals are over a period of time so it starts off by really exploring your own relationship with money and then talking about how the right partner can help you achieve your goal mm. and what is your criteria for accepting a mandate i guess um, maybe a good partner and ability to pay and a good history of working or whatever else apart from that you know i mean what kind of mandates excite you and what is a deal breaker so pavan i think you know even ahead of all of this i think the first thing that really checkbox our mandate is that we want to work with good people and i think this has been at the ethos of our culture as an organization and when i say good people i mean good individuals good human beings you know hmm. and i'm sure in in your careers as well as ours and of course yours far more uh, experienced than ours you know you've come across a varied bunch of individuals that you've seen on you know different sides of the table as you've interacted with them professionally and i think hmm. the first thing that we put our flag into the ground saying is that we want to work with good people we want respectful relationships where we are respected as business partners and we respect our clients as opinion leaders thought leaders market leaders in their respective industries and that's really been at the center of you know us uh, choosing to work with clients choosing to work with stakeholders i should say across mm-hmm. the board mm-hmm. uh, of course back in the day we did have industry expertise we were known to be the you know the the kids on the block who really hacked the beauty space the makeup space the fashion space mm-hmm. did a lot of work in the fnb and the hospitality industry uh, from 20 Eight, yeah, lifestyle leading up to 2013. So there was a natural tendency to pick categories that we did really well. So that became a very early stage filter. Now, of course, that's not a filter. Like I said, really expanded our repertoire in that, uh, you know, in that regard. Uh, Post 13, 14, I think, as the agency found, you know, legs, got wings, started growing, started moving in five or six different directions. Of course, we then wanted to work with market leaders in their respective industries so that we could do industry shaping work, uh, game changing work that really solidifies their position in the industry. and later actually you know one of the key filters for choosing to partner with businesses became you know where businesses really started respecting us as business partners and not as an agency and that gave us the opportunity to really create business impact we were known to be or had known to be you know guys who brought the best creative onto the block uh, and very quickly we evolved our offering and we were able to build a very robust media and search and technology practice into the mix uh, mm. to complement the creative suite of services that we brought and mm. we realized that you know because we sat at this very uh, unique intersection of content media data and tech we were mm. now able to start uh, catering solutions that were actually able to bring business impact so we were able to have conversations with clients you know about the roi that that our campaigns were able to drive with them on specific business problems which are not just sales related or activation related or trials related but work with them on uh, risk mitigation strategies on operational and process strategies that really impacted both mm. top line and bot- bottom line and i think one of the key filters today for us to work with clients is people that really encourage this style of partnership you know there'll mm. be a dime of a dozen clients who are happy to cut you a big check for you to do funky work or creative work quote unquote but if that work for us is not fulfilling in terms of adding long term value mm. or value creation to those mm. clients 
then how sticky is that relationship going to be right because you got a marketing manager who likes you or your am guys or your work and he's there today you know he's gone tomorrow and they're happy to the new guy who comes in is happy to bring an agency uh, of his choice on board but if you're able to actually create value for an organization either internally or externally uh, that's when you actually become a strategic business partner to you know the clients that you end up working with and i think initially in our sussing out phase of you know choosing to work with clients uh, unfortunately we've reached a stage uh, you know over the last few years where we do get a lot of uh, inbound leads and you know we can be slightly selective in terms of which ones we decide to to service in that regard i think mm. this point acts as a very big decider for us in terms of the ability for us to create value in the clients giving us the opportunity to create value for them and mm. recognizing that, mm. that mm. and recognizing us as business partners for them excellent excellent wonderful That was the voice of Subir Bajaj, and before that, you heard Pratik Gupta. Both of them from Foxy Marron, who lead the company and have done so brilliantly, scintillatingly well. You're listening to them on the Master's Voice on MediaBrief.com. I'm your host and friend Pavanar Chawla. We'll take a little break, and we'll be back very, very quickly. Don't go anywhere. And we are back. On the Master's Voice on MediaBrief.com, our podcast series. I am your host and friend Pavan R. Chawla. Today, I have with me Suvir Bajaj and Pratik Gupta of Foxy Marron. Pratik, tell me, how do you manage client expectations? The first thing is setting them, but just walk me through the process when a new client comes on, signs up. I think that's a great question, and a large part of the success of clients is to actually set the expectation right, right from the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. And the daunting task that we actually undertake is that we put the pressure back on the client to say that, listen, we want to make business impact, right? Like we don't necessarily want to have a conversation with you about how many posts we can make on social media and what that post is going to do, because in today's day and age, if you're not putting money behind any sort of content that you're creating, right? Legitimately, the agency and the client are the only people seeing it and like. it so there is no value in basically saying i'm going to do 54 64 70 posts because that's a social media conversation and that's not necessarily a conversation that we you know that we actually want to have right so right like so we said at the onset we are picking briefs where we can start to make business impact as soon as the client signs on with us uh, you know we almost try to say that let's restart right like let's restart what you know and what you know what is the value that we can add through the you know through the seven organizations mm-hmm. that we have under zoom media so we almost do like a you know digital refresh for all of the clients so i mean like once the client comes on board i think we have a workshop uh the workshop is to introduce them to all the possibilities on digital and what we can do uh with the business and mm-hmm. also get a very very deep understanding of all the business functions that you know that they that they have and also what are the you know like what are the objectives what are the business objectives that they have whether it's in terms of sale whether it's in terms of awareness whether it's in terms of you know share of voice uh, in each one of their categories uh once we have this exchange of information i think we come back with a very robust plan on what we think we should be doing uh you know from a clean up strategy point of view in the first uh, two to three months because you know it's you're only able to accelerate once you have your house in order so i think we take the first two or three months to get the house in order and then you know like then we take it from there and start to scale campaigns and start to scale you know business roi and the and the pressure we put on ourselves to actually be responsible for not only the creative output but also the business output is the pressure that that we enjoy and is the value that the client sees in a partnership with us so that's the process once we mm-hmm. once we've onboarded mm-hmm. the client great and what what is the kind of attrition rate you've had i know that digital is such a such an incestuous place somebody walks out takes a client somewhere it depends on what relationship you have with the client but in the bigger larger scheme of things what's been the attrition rate like on clients and on employees actually we've had very very long lasting client relationships uh, i think mm. uh, with l'oreal i think l'oreal has been our biggest uh, and longest uh, client relationship uh, mm. out of our 12 years of existence we've been mm. working with l'oreal for over 11 and a half years Wonderful. uh and uh, that's almost unheard of in the digital ecosystem right because uh, like 
this is i mean the industry is 12 12 and a half 30 years mm. old so you know we've had that for the longest period of time a mm. lot of our clients have have reached the 5 year mark and you know um, Super. and the clients have have basically also led us into you know into forming different verticals because of the need of digital evolving from a breadth point of view that's where i'm going to come in with my next question on zoom media when you started it what it is all about what's happening what it's aiming for so what we've done is you know we've started a holding company called zoom media the conversation started i think almost 24 to 30 months ago where we understood that you know while digital is about the depth of uh, what you're doing inside the digital ecosystem for a client hmm. uh, it's also about the breadth of services and the breadth of offerings that digital is now becoming integral for brands for right like so whether it is technology whether it is data whether it is um, the ability to consult people on the digital ecosystem so we came up with a holding company structure called zoom media the intent of zoom media was to be able to develop this breadth for our clients and to be the preferred partner that all clients would like to work with and try and cover as much ground for this breadth as possible so inside of zoom media we obviously have proximoron which is our flagship agency right so that's where we do a lot of the digital creative the planning and mm-hmm. the performance marketing and media side of the business for a host of our clients we have the rabbit hole hmm. which is a full service content you know production uh, company uh, where we basically do everything from pre production to post production to to actual writing and conceptualizing you know one of our biggest clients in this space is netflix mm. so we create a lot of original ips we do a lot of their you know title work in terms of all the new titles that are being launched uh, in india and obviously across our entire client roster we're doing a lot of digital video content pieces we're doing a lot of television tvc is basically you know for a whole host of our clients it's one of our fastest growing agency verticals that's the rabbit hole we have a agency called polin which does a whole host of influencer work so it not only does influencers from a data point of view for brands mm-hmm. but it also does uh, represent a lot of influencers in this digital ecosystem because we are working with influencers to create business plans which are sustainable for influencers as well right so mm-hmm. we have the ability to look at data from a very deep point of view and basically tell them what their audience is looking at what their audience mm-hmm. is not looking at and obviously we have the ability to create content so that's the second agency that we have i'll let suvid take you through the rest of zoom media's yeah suvid please go ahead yeah sure so um like i mentioned earlier we set up uh, a creative technology company called phosphine uh, you know which is based in bangalore that does creative tech which is in the space of augmented reality virtual reality mixed reality out artificial intelligence uh, machine learning nlp image recognition voice that kind of stuff future facing tech essentially mm-hmm. you know a lot of r&d a lot of research for tomorrow very critical in today's day and age you know um in that regard we partnered with a technology company to make our technology offerings slightly more robust uh, which we've now brought into the network and that's really the the position that zoo really holds is building a mini network for itself so we partnered mm-hmm. with a technology company called noasis technologies which we've now brought into the network uh, that's working with us to build capabilities on marketing tech and ad tech uh, of course mm-hmm. we've got creative tech with phosphine and uh, now i think the new narrative that we've kind of picked up is marketing automation digital transformation you know really becoming the name of the game in that regard mm-hmm. last year uh, put some building blocks down to set up a consultancy company that works with young startups we we were both startup guys at the end of the day you know we both mm-hmm. built our organization down from scratch and love working with young founders very spirited individuals of course who may not necessarily want to work with the agency which has now become you know big budget agency etc has its own protocols etc but work with young founders in hybrid incubation acceleration model and really been enjoying working with young founders building young businesses from scratch where we're working directly with founders getting a free hand to take mm. some large strategic management decisions with them etc mm. this year setting the building blocks for putting a media company down uh, called mammoth media which is now going to be a media owner in the space of editorial publishing in the space of long format content creation launching a couple of our own podcasts as well over the course wow, of this year that's good wonderful one, yeah mm. one our first uh, very quick, quickly actually mm. uh, so yeah really uh, you know it's kind of become a network of its own and you know initially in the early days this was a corporate structuring ploy and you know of course it served a standard mitigation strategy because a big problem that agencies have i mean you've seen this in front of your face several times as well in front of your eyes a couple of years ago we were servicing l'oréal we were servicing hindustan unilever we were servicing procter and gamble and you can understand the amount of conflict <laughs> that creates for an agency and you know with the number of brands being blacked out a number of categories been blacked out and it created and so we had those structuring issues and we thought that this would kind of help 
help you know of course we got a lot of key uh, talent in from the, across the industry and you know we needed to give them a little bit of breath in terms of movement and create career paths from them and that's where the network idea was really born but i mm. think today the network has kind of become a platform for us and you know this is what i tell anyone when we really explain the dream and the vision to them that we were fully cognizant of the fact that our industry today is built on collaborations right we don't mm. believe that one guy can do everything or one guy should even do everything on his own because it's not mm. his core capability and skill set mm. but the network for us really is a platform and gives us the opportunity to work with some very unique and very talented individuals around the world and the platform allows us to evangelize and enable these opportunities for us for mm. instance we're bringing a global data company into india and we'll talk about that more probably on another episode mm. uh, which fits into the ecosystem really well because big data is very much part of our narrative mm. as we build e-commerce capabilities and mm. performance and programmatic uh, capabilities but doesn't necessarily sit inside the agency we've become very mm. prudent to define what the agency does you mm. know what the production house does what the influence management company does and it's not a one size fits all solution anymore so the the network has really become a platform for us to evangelize opportunities that fit well into the ecosystem but maybe not necessarily into the erstwhile definition of the agency and that's really the you know the life of zoom media so as to speak That was the voice of Subir Bajaj, and before that, you heard Pratik Gupta. Both of them from Voximeron, who lead the company and have done so brilliantly, scintillatingly well. You're listening to them on the Master's Voice on MediaBeef.com. I'm your host and friend Pavanar Chawla. We'll take a little break, and we'll be back very, very quickly. Don't go anywhere. And we are back. on the master's voice on mediabeef.com our podcast series i am your host and friend pavan r chawla today i have with me suveer bajaj and pratik gupta of foximeron nowadays people sometimes seem to think that it's about technology yes it is technology but ultimately it's great content and its interface with or its impact on its acceptance by and relevance to the people that it reaches and tech actually helps you refine and even place the content beautifully and you know i think it gives you a lot of inputs to really go back to the drawing table and strategize for the future what is your view suvir of i believe that third party cookies are absolutely on their way out uh in fact as long back as 2 years ago word started that third party cookies are going to die and you have to have first party cookies so what is the impending and i am convinced about the impending <laughs> don't know when but the impending demise of third party cookies in the digital marketers uh, toolkit how is that going to impact uh, digital marketing So I think you know very pertinent conversation and for us to be having today and you know as you rightly said I think the onus on the digital marketer to become a first party data collector himself is really now on us as an industry to champion and uh, and to kind of own as a narrative of course you know uh, third party cookies had their own set of challenges which I'm sure you've explored with guests you know in in more detail and you know not to spend too much time on that but i think uh, as marketers it's making us so much more accountable and so much more responsible for uh, the campaigns that we run with our advertisers in this regard uh, if you look at like you said 24 months ago right if you look at the uh, narrative of programmatic agencies that were able to in house this capability at a very early stage in the india's journey of programmatic i of course won't compare us to the rest of the world because we may be half a step behind or at least to the west where we may be half a step behind and very quickly uh, you know agencies bringing in proprietary tech or partnering with tech companies to build out dmps on their own mm. uh, and to start really owning first party data in that regard and mm. this happened on obviously happens multi tier on the supply side on the demand side happens you know across the board in that regard uh, mm. and uh, how that the ecosystem really stitches itself well together uh, so that uh, a lot of first party data actually ends up talking to each other in that regard and validating the narrative as we go ahead obviously the the narrative as far as fraud is concerned as far as uh, you know poor reporting is concerned of course With, with slightly more low hanging fruit in terms of just general performance is concerned uh, started becoming a large uh, issue as over the last you know i would say whatever 36 months give or take digital advertising spend has also increased year on year by anywhere between 25 to 33% compounded year on year over the last 3 years you know everyone started looking at this also with a microscope and you know as the spend increase people start asking more questions as the questions mm-hmm. increase the accountability increases as the accountability increases it's you know it's a it's a chain of command in that regard mm-hmm. so i think where as 
marketers as an agency we're really excited about it because it gives us the onus to start having deeper conversations with clients it gives us the onus to be more accountable for the campaigns that we run for them also it definitely impacts performance and i think that's you know that's really the first drop in the ocean saying that if you know as a first party data collector myself if i'm i'm able to impact performance yes it might be x percent more expensive but does it yield y percent more ros it definitely does and i think that's really the name of the game for us today mm-hmm. uh, and in fact with the tech company that we spoke about that we brought into the mix noesis mm-hmm. and just to plug in the example you know doing some great work on affiliate marketing and social commerce where we've become first party data collectors of social and working in collaboration with the goliaths like facebook to really build a first party data ecosystem you know that sits right in between a platform and between a brand or an advertiser uh, with us being able to evangelize that as a ad tech company has really also been a big differentiator in these early stages when we go and pitch to clients so excited to see what you know uh, how this uh, narrative kind of rolls out but you're absolutely right uh, you know we're putting uh, fuel on the fire right now and there's only one direction we can go in and what is your outlook for the digital marketing uh, agencies that do not really have first party data i mean you know you have a long history of um, active work with across platforms with a lot of clients and i'm sure that you also have your own first party data so far but what about the others uh, how is this really going to hit and that's the word i use very consciously the digital marketing space at least in terms of and for the smaller operators so not to really get into the fraud side of things but just to talk about the performance side of things i think uh, for and i i i won't really call this um, the problem of agility because i think anyone who's in this space you know has the eyes open enough to be agile to realize the need of the hour to evolve their offering but i would call it more an access problem you know because to become a first party data collector you also need the right access and you also need the right infrastructure you also need the right technology etc so i would call this more an access problem so i think for uh, businesses that uh, lack the access today and therefore maybe lack the scale today as well they would mm. be comfortable serving solutions via third party data providers uh, and therefore the advertisers also won't be asking them that challenging questions but mm. i think as long as they're is open to realize that from an evol- evolution perspective they need hmm. to be agile to evolve uh, if not today then maybe tomorrow if not tomorrow then maybe day after tomorrow hmm. you know in the next whatever it may be 12 hmm. months i think as hmm. long as your eyes are hmm. open to the idea that you need to be evolving uh, and you're heading in the right direction it's it's fine today if an advertiser does not uh, ask you the you know, ask you difficult questions because their business does not depend on it hmm. uh, because it also also kind of uh, feeds into what role digital plays in the larger advertising ecosystem and the uh, what role advertising plays in the larger you know brand scale ecosystem for any particular advertiser yeah right. scale of things respectively uh, mm-hmm. and for a host of advertisers that may contribute to a small percentage of the industry today but is serviced by a significantly large uh, you know percentage of the industry when we started i think we were like the ninth digital pure digital agency back then you know there were a few guys before for us mm-hmm. and what consult interactive avenues etc today there are like some 750 digital agencies on the landscape that you know uh, you and i may not have necessarily crossed paths with over the last few mm. years right. and in volume it's a very very large number of agencies but in value they service a significantly small percentage of the industry and i think that's their own learning curve getting to uh, you know work and and i guess a lot of this uh, education will also come working with partners working with platforms working mm. with maybe other agencies working with tech companies with media companies to eventually build the narrative and to start owning this uh, you know on their own but uh, maybe if it doesn't impact the advertiser then you don't have a reason to be stressed about it today and the minute mm. you want to be relevant and you know up your game a bit i guess pull your socks up and start running the race with the rest of the industry mm. so a lot of the work that you do suveer and pratik i'm generalizing so i could be totally incorrect but a bigger part must be on the b2c space what are the b2b specialist uh, services that you provide i'll take that right like it segues into what subir said right like today the available data sets in terms of market intelligence is so high right like to give you context can we reach out to people if they're in the construction or you know like the building ecosystem right which usually has a marketplace we're able to connect with people on the marketplace side of things right so we can connect with owners who are you know sitting in these shops who are very very difficult to usually connect with because you know they are running retail spaces and therefore are spending about 12 to 13 hours inside mm-hmm. the retail space ecosystem we have technologies which can target those people on a regular and ongoing basis 
for a client recently called Oriental Tiles, uh, which is a Gurgaon-based tile manufacturer. They had a exhibition in one of the European countries before the lockdown, and we were able to target people who specifically walked in and out of that exhibition center, and were able to land them about uh, I think four or five big-sized uh, clients and deals. Obviously, we do a lot of employer branding across a lot of the the B two B platforms that are available and are existing. And I think uh, more importantly, what we also do with these clients is that we start to create a B two B sort of a network, right? Like so, for a lot of the again coming back to Orient Bell, you know, to create an ecosystem of interior designers and architects and you know everything from there because it's at the end of the day, it's a community that you need to tap into. So we do a lot of these you know closed door community building sort of uh, you know sort of activities because B two C is easy, right? The consumers out there, we live in a population of one point three billion people. the consumer is always going to be out there but b2b is very very specific uh, it's very very targeted from a data point of view from a communication point of view and it eventually moves into building a community of people who are interested in you whether from a employer point of view or whether from a business point of view and we've done enough uh, for them and yes we do a lot of listening exercises consumer facing as well as business facing we do a lot of response exercises which are consumer facing and business facing and it all eventually comes into a very robust uh, b2b offering Swish, so, do you want to add to that? What are the purely B two B kind of offerings that you give to corporates? Sure, absolutely. I think uh, you know, as we work with corporates and corporate brands, I think uh, stakeholder management becomes an important part of our jobs as their digital agency, uh, because corporates do speak to a variety of different stakeholders and not just consumers in that regard. When it comes to shareholders, when it comes to existing employees, when it comes to future employees, and we've done some very interesting work in that regard as well. We've done a lot of employee activation campaigns across the board for companies like Aditya Birla, for companies like Mahindra, for companies like L'Oreal, for companies like Levers, and I think that becomes a very big part of. corporate branding from a employee branding perspective whether it's uh, you know activation of uh, college campus students through the right channels through workshops through quizzes and you know which eventually get them employment opportunities to activation of different stakeholder groups to uh, you know attract uh, say investors for the startups that we work with and I told you about the startup incubation uh, i think uh, the most interesting thing for us when we work with corporates is the activation of a variety of different stakeholder groups and how we can therefore disseminate our service offerings you know via these various different channels to attract these stakeholders mm. i think that's a very big learning for us because typically as a consumer marketing company understanding consumer insights etc becomes you know back of hand but this is really exciting for us learning completely new games altogether nice and uh, if i were to ask you for your advice on what should marketing and pr and digital team of a good corporate do for enhancing say ceo or cxo thought leadership So this is actually a profile that we've worked on a couple of times before. You know, for certain corporates, we end up picking up their CEO's digital presence, and I would answer that question as a digital first answer since that's where our expertise lies. Hmm. You know, I think uh, the first thing that people need to realize is that they need to have presence on digital, and presence means across the board. It doesn't mean you know some people are active on a channel that they personally believe in, but I think presence is kind of across the board because it cuts through both your corporate personality as well as your individual, your personal life as well. right mm. uh, which could start on twitter which becomes a very vociferous platform to converse with industry leaders and become a thought leader and establish your point of view and kind of become an opinion leader in that mm. regard uh, down to linkedin where you become you know uh, you become part of your organization's employer branding activities as well as stakeholder management activities down to slightly more relatable profiles where people start looking at you as a human being you know where you start talking about your family and your values and you know really define who you are as a person and of course today with uh, lockdown and the situation kind of having spiraled in five different directions the concept of knowledge leadership uh, you know uh, through webinars seminars online has become so popular uh, mm. which have kind of thrown open which, which have been thrown open to people to be logging in from all over the world and really sets the narrative nicely for establishing yourself amongst your peers as an industry leader in that regard and mm. really finding a voice as an individual which kind of mm. marries with the larger organization voice and um, what are the values and qualities uh, both you gentlemen look for in say employees and you told me about partners and the most important thing basically across the board should really be good human beings like suvir you mentioned so what, uh, but if you look for uh, you know what is what's a deal breaker uh, in anyone who wants to come and work uh, for you <laughs> Our value systems. I want to tell you are very very cool. Our value systems for our organization are called Ice Cube. That's I C E E E I C E three effectively Ice Cube, mm-hmm. and effectively they stand for integrity, which is the I. 
सी इज क्रिएशनिज्म एबिलिटी टू क्रिएट समथिंग फ्रॉम स्क्रैच एंड देन वी गॉट थ्री ईज आफ्टर दैट endurance excellence and empathy so icee or ice cube and this is the value ecosystem of the zoom media framework wonderful really nice i love the way that you probably i'm sure you all first went about identifying the values and then seeing how nicely to iterate it so really catchy very nice indeed and very meaningful excellent and what about diversity in the culture of your organization how do you go about trying to ensure that or is it that hey i just need the best people for any role gender is secondary because ultimately the most important thing is giving great value to my clients and if it's a lady who can do it most welcome if it's a gentleman who can do it most welcome is that the way you look at it you know i would say more than diversity which i know has become a very big topic of conversation more from in the governance circles etc i think it's more inclusiveness right and if if i have to say do i have an you know ethiopian and do i have a lithuanian working in my organization no do i have a marine biologist working in my organization yes right and that's really our mantra for diversity but i think we better cap it as inclusiveness saying that ours is an yeah. inclusive ecosystem that mm. includes absolutely everyone and diversity mm. comes as first nature to us not even second nature to us so it's not really a governance problem for us it's not really a culture or, or a values problem for us because it's first nature to us we've grown up in diverse ecosystems from mm. the first day and learned to accept people and not only to accept but to include people into our ecosystem so for us i think it's a spirit of inclusiveness as opposed to diversity wonderful wonderful so suveer what is the elevator pitch for foxymoron the elevator pitch for foxymoron is foxymoron that's it you know <laughs> we are really really happy today that we've reached a place in our lives today where the brand has sold itself you know mm-hmm. and in fact we were just chatting about this last night and sometimes we don't we don't give ourselves enough credit for you know uh, the journey that we've come through over the last 12 years in fact we just had a very meaty conversation on this last night uh, over a couple of hours in terms of you know what this brand really means to you know the industry or to the world outside and and mm-hmm. never having given ourselves enough credit for it because we are literally the brand is us and we are the brand it's like we become intertwined amongst mm-hmm. each other but it's very heartwarming you know as and we spoke about our diversification strategy starting mm-hmm. you know these new businesses and partnering with uh, new organizations literally around the world mm-hmm. and you know I, i thought about this i racked my brains about this very aggressively because over the last 24 months we've taken a lot of big steps in terms of trying to partner with individuals trying to bring uh, global organizations into india and i thought what is the elevator pitch what am i going to say when i get 30 seconds of that ceo's time mm. you know and i the elevator pitch was in 2008 a bunch of friends and i started an organization called foxy moron and i saw a smile on the face on the other side of the zoom call or the other face of the meeting or whatever and i realized that's the elevator pitch and it was so heartwarming in that regard that i think now that's become my elevator pitch i don't know if pratik has a different point of view on this our elevator pitch is for me at least is the narrative that starts with foxy moron and mm-hmm. almost uh, you know ends with zoom media as what we've been able to create and when we're having these conversations people are seeing mm-hmm. how far out we are thinking about digital and it's not reactive right like we're not creating services that we should have created 2 years ago we are probably creating services that you didn't know you need you know for the last 2 years and it's now available to you so that's our narrative right like we're a forward thinking network you know you need to partner with the network because the network is what you need and not one agency inside the network we do have a elevator pitch for zoom media which i'm happy to share with you at zoom media we say we are in the process of building a network which is the preferred partner to leading businesses around the world that maximizes potential by providing the most impactful solutions through future ready products and services wonderful wonderful so that was a really insightful and very informative conversation for me uh, with the two young veterans Suveer Bajaj and Pratik Gupta co-founders of Foxymoron it's thanks to their wonderful efforts that Foxymoron in itself this one word has become an elevator pitch as we've just mentioned so very correctly and i completely agree with him thank you suveer thank you pratik for being part of this conversation and this podcast i hope you enjoyed it it was extremely insightful for me any thoughts on mediabrief.com and uh, the master's voice and your experience during this conversation 
thank you so much pavan for having us we've had a lovely morning chatting with you and a lovely time sharing our story with you and all the listeners and we do hope you the best of luck and all the success with the podcast all the various different business opportunities and would love to partner collaborate whenever the opportunity presents itself thank you suveer thanks thanks pavan for having us i think it was uh, it was really fun you know going back uh, in you know in time and and trying to re you know like just this rethink of the days that uh, that have gone by i think uh, in this world today i don't think we spend enough time you know like thinking about the things that have gone by so it was really fun to have done this after a after a really long time and thanks for having us and you know all the best for for, for what you're doing i think it's great that you're able to put a platform together which kind of helps and educates people about what's happening in this you know media verse and it's difficult to capture the breadth of it and you know like all the best in being able to help people understand the de- uh, the breadth of it and and please continue doing it so thank you for that thank you very much indeed both of you i have always been a big fan of yours i remember meeting you all in your office in lower parel in the very very early months when you all shifted there and since then i have really kept uh, i must say not very middle of the road but a <laughs> very inclined towards foxymoron a look at what you all are doing and have always been filled with pride at your accomplishments i wish you all the very best thank you very much indeed for your time so that was Foxy Maron and its two wonderful co-founders Suveer Bajaj and Pratik Gupta with me Pavan R Chawla your host and friend on the Masters Voice podcast series which is available on Google Podcasts Spotify uh, Apple Podcasts and perhaps every other podcast platform that will take this podcast to at least 95% of listeners globally on an OTL if i may say opportunity to listen Right, that's all I have time for in this episode. Thank you for having tuned into the Master's Voice on MediaBrief.com. I'm your host and friend Pavan Arjavla. Till the next time, then stay safe. Bye bye.